0: everybody, and welcome to Documentation Not Included, episode 5.0, our story time release. Yay! The first of which is the Weird Dev Stories. Thank you for joining us here live on Twitch. For those who are listening in the future in the podcast, watching us on YouTube, or perhaps streaming this on Twitch after the fact, we hope to see you live in our Twitch chat in the future, Thursday, 7 p.m. GMT. We are with our usual hosts with the mosts. We have Chris. Yo. And we have
1: Patrick. I sorry, I just can't. I'm looking at the floppy ears. People and we all, we who also... are listening to the podcast and don't see the video, they're missing out so much because Josie has floppy ears and she's flopping them constantly, and it's so adorable. Well, I was just yeah, going to I introduce
2: our guest, which is um, floppy, floppy the hat. I don't know if we got a name floppy for him. The hat.
1: <laughs> That you looks know, like a it. drop from uh, Ragnarok or something. Like you, you remember those uh, 2D uh, RPGs? They, they, there were yeah, slimes oh, yeah, that yeah, were definitely. dropping hats, and they were like exactly the same smile- smiling faces. So adorable.
0: Yes, and in, in this particular case, um, I don't have a name for the hat. Maybe our viewers can help us out with names.
1: I like floppy.
2: I like that now.
0: <laughs> but it's so obvious. I know. I know. <laughs> Do we really want to be so no. obvious? No. 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 Hello, Andy. F. Thank you so much for joining us. If you happen to, uh, I don't know, leave a message for us here, we'll shout your name out, give you props and dance. I I actually have stories from some of the people who are watching today and lurking, and we'll get to them. But tradition dictates that we start with an icebreaker question. Mm -hmm. So... We may not have a guest, but I am still going to throw icebreaker questions at you. Let's get some OS int on our, our hosts. You ready? Cool. Go. No. What one sport can you not stand? And why?
2: Easy for me. Again, mm-hmm. another, another easy one. Um, the, the sport that almost everybody in England loves, football. I am not a football fan. I never have been. Oh. And what?
1: What? A football a, a Brit that hates football. Oh, there's How lots of us. How dare you, sir? How dare <laughs> Bel- you!
2: Believe me, I am now going to move house though, because I will get lynched. Someone will have heard me or find out where I live <laughs> and, and come around. No, my it's...
1: god, my, my tea is cold and my biscuits are soggy.
2: The the one reason that I hate football and I've formed this opinion over many years is that the people who are into football, and I mean the people who are really, really into football, are thousand percent and i hate using over a 100 percent, by the way but a thousand percent worse than a geek in terms of how much they know about the players the statistics the the formations everything about it and i I actually spoke to some football friends a while ago to try and figure out what it is they liked it and that's it it's it's that it's all of that knowledge it's that kind of Almost one-upmanship over the friends over the know that this happened. I don't know. I think everyone's got their own opinion, you know, their own reasons. But that's why I yeah. hate it because they usually have a really strong opinion about geeks, about people like us.
1: Yeah, hmm. hard- hardcore football fans are just self-hating geeks. That's I think that's a fact. Self-hating? I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I
0: I'm not a big fan of football. I mean, it's not my uh, my sport of choice. But uh,
1: what about you, Patrick? Um, I used to hate all uh, sports, like I just, I'm not a sport sports person. All sports. Anything physical, anything that involves people moving is just, mm-hmm. it's a no-go for me. Um, but over the years I meddled down and I'm not as full of hate and misery <laughs> as I used to. Now it's mostly misery.
0: <laughs> oh, man. See, for me, I'm torn. I am torn between tennis which just for some reason, I don't, I, I took tennis when I was a kid growing up, et cetera. I mean, I learned how to serve. I learned the entire system, love, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But most of the match is just
1: watching people go back and forth with their faces. Yeah, like, you, you and it's you just like- an important bit there. Like tennis is, tennis is bunch of dudes in a skimpy outfit, gra- uh, outfit grunting vaguely sex- uh, sexually. And I think that's <laughs> the appeal of the sport. Well, see, that's why I like rugby.
0: <laughs> well, but you know, that's a whole different story. And don't you think there's a?
2: We just, we just, you just said repetitive. Then, as in, you know, the repetitive nature of knocking a butt. All sports are repetitive in their own way, shape, and form. I know, I'm quite a sporty person when I'm there in the is, mood for it. But
0: I don't know. There's just something about tennis that just doesn't it. It doesn't quite work for me. I'm not squash. I can get behind. Racquetball. I can get behind. Like badminton. Ping-pong I can even get behind, but there's just something about tennis. I don't know what it is.
2: What about badminton?
0: Oh, I love badminton. I I used to be amazing at it.
2: I'm pretty good at badminton I I think uh, we can
1: all agree that it's just a case of a childhood uh, childhood trauma or something
2: Yes, pretty much. Yeah,
1: and hello Mm. to you
0: Rylix037. We are indeed live and hello and welcome So that's our icebreaker question
1: uh, yeah, and now onto the topic, which is story time. Gather round, children, for this is a time for a campfire and marshmallows and weird dev stories from all across the world. <laughs> weird dev and tech
0: stories.
2: I think yep. uh, I think my stories are a lot less weird than than yours, and a lot less techy as well. Most of mine are to do with people and and kind of what you know things that have Uh, happened or i've heard about from you know ex-clients or ex-colleagues and
0: well we'll give them
1: ratings based on the ears how about that
2: so what are we having zero one two
1: vote on that on like out of ten or something how good the story was
2: are the analog are the ears analog can you put them up a certain amount no it's just oh there we go yes okay all right we don't we no longer have have to have a, a tri-state scoring system <laughs>
1: slowly rising.
0: <laughs>
2: i like them yes they're good
0: <laughs> i am so in love with it and i think it's i'm freezing for those of you who are watching and wondering why i'm actually wearing this it's not an everyday occurrence i just happen to be really cold so obviously keeping the heat in from my head is the the answer and this is just the best thing that's
2: why i'm and that's wearing why- a jumper that's this for about eight times bigger than me uh, for when i was a larger person i wore this but it's still a very nice warm jumper
0: uh, nice and warm so we're going to start with stories and i'm going to pick which order we do these stories in because I'm going to mix it up between the stories that have been sent in to us by people who we have as audience, as long, along with people who I've reached out to within the community of development, tech, security, and things of the like, and us, because we've been around the block a few times. Some of us are old. Um, <laughs> others aren't. <laughs> and they're still young whippersnappers. But we're still
1: you. old in our souls. <laughs> Oh Wow yes
0: so let's start off with Chris tell us a story
2: okay so um, as I said most of mine aren't techie but I'm going to tell you the first one that I've told most people so I might even have mentioned it on the stream before now Um, it is a technical one in fact so um, I've titled it FIMAS catastrophe now FIMAS was a system that I worked at at a, a public authority uh, many years ago I didn't actually work on the system and that's part of the story in fact I was working on a completely different system and a database administrator said to me one day I'm just going into a meeting we're going to be about an hour Um, can you just uh, run this script on this database for me everyone who's worked in a production environment before knows what's coming to be fair I was in the process I happened to be at the time Um, I'm I was particularly good at SQL Server, which is what we were working at, so that's why he asked me to help out. I was kind of a backup for them. And uh, he um, went off into this meeting. The entire IT department was in a meeting. Not, not me. as I, I, I decided to opt out. And um, I was writing a script. It was a generic script and it was a SQL script that ran through an entire database, deleted every single field in every single table and deleted every single table. Now the reason i was writing this script was that i was running um really complicated database creation scripts over and over and over again to test a dr scenario Uh, that's disaster recovery for people it's if something goes catastrophically wrong you need to make sure that something can work you know that the business can still run unfortunately i caused a disaster doing this by dragging it onto the wrong window in sql server running the script and wondering why it took more than a few seconds to run and it was running on the central government, um, it was a government database, it wasn't a central one, but it was uh, for the county that I was working at the time, deleted the entire thing. Luckily, Ow. the meeting that the IT were in was also a, a company, like a, a wide meeting for everybody. I can't mention what I was working at exactly, but the, uh, it was everybody that worked for the company or oh, the authority rather was in this meeting the finance department were in that meeting the last backup was one minute before i um before i ran it uh, after i ran the script and it's an hourly backup so they lost a full hour's worth of work but luckily because everyone was in a meeting i didn't get in too much trouble but i ran into the meeting and i, I just kind of waved at the dpa <laughs> come, 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 <laughs> and i he got the message and yeah i owned obviously owned up to it and nothing came of it but that could have been a Big disaster.
1: You know? Yeah, you know, I was I was lucky. Yes, yes.
2: yes.
0: I, I have to admit, uh, it reminds me of when I was starting to learn Linux and when I was learning how to do things from remote sessions and things like that. And um, I was trying to set up and modify some binds in Apache's and stuff, so I could you know do some site control and things like that. And uh, I was at sudo, you know perhaps this might be where I get some of my names, but I was a pseudo and I ran RM space minus RF, not paying attention to where I was. It started and I was sitting there, it was about probably about 2.30 AM when this was happening. And um, I started panicking, probably a good five, 10 maybe minutes past because this had a lot of stuff, old school software things didn't run as fast, freaked out ran into the bedroom, woke my husband up, because my husband is a geek extraordinaire, and I went, oh my god, I've deleted everything, I can't <laughs> stop it, what do I do? He walks in, hits control, C, pats me on the head, and says, we'll deal with it in the morning, it'll be okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: um, the the guy who we run the server with, um, who I will forever be thankful for, he went, He came in to look at it the next day, and he's just like, well, you only deleted about a third of the databases, corrupted about, (laughs) like, 60% of the rest. It'll be okay. And, you know, it was was all right, but it was a learning experience. And it's the kind of thing where, to this day now, if I have to do any kind of, you know, command line removal of files, directories, or anything else like that, I, like... Quadruple check. I, I'm I'm pw'ding before I yeah. even start typing in the command. I need to make certain that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I
2: actually wrote a blog post because of what I did in that that sequel scenario, and um, it was the importance of 4 part naming naming of databases. If I'd just put in a title, a variable at the top, if I'd just put in two more parts to the name, it would have been uh, server database schema. Sorry, server schema database, and then. Um, table name or whatever it was and it wouldn't have affected the database it said cannot find table but instead it was just generic delete everything so, so Never since, done we that are, since we're
1: starting with the stories of our personal fuckups, uh, I think I'm gonna. Uh, what was either... it? 14 minutes that's this a, time.
2: It's a record.
1: It's a record.
0: That no, 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 wait, no. you're right. It is a record. 14 minutes before the f bomb. Go on, to, to, be fair,
1: to be fair, I wasn't speaking? <laughs> uh, no, no I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of myself. It's a, it's a progress. So um, back in the day uh, when I was just starting, and that was my first job. At uh, game dev studio in house office. Up to this point, I was just freelancer and working with passion um, projects. So the culture was very loose. Like there is a reason why I use uh, the f bomb as a comma because that's sort of where my initial English interaction and that's what I learned at the top. Um And when I joined the company, the company was also like it's really great people. I'm still friends with them today. One second. And, mm-hmm. Is that an alarm?
2: Something went off. It's okay. I, I, I'm just making sure I was sane. <laughs> I thought okay. there was some crazy noise going on.
0: For a second, I thought there was like a fire alarm or something. I was about to say... It's okay. Go on, anyway? Patrick. Continue. Sorry,
1: Sorry please continue. You're I fine. mean, you know, we, we're, pretty, we're pretty close to Turkey here, so there is a risk of uh, airstrikes and, and rockets and shit, so maybe maybe they restarted the war. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> if they did, there is something I can do, so who cares? Let's uh, the, the show must go on. Uh, one way or the other? <laughs> So I joined a company and the co- and the culture in the office was very, very loose, very casual, like we are, you know, ca- casual ish. And I've got an assignment. Uh, I have to make a visualization for a client based on the assets that they provided. And I'm starting the work and there is just something wrong with the assets. Like it's, there is just something off. And I'm like, man, can I, can I just speak with their artists? Because I'm like, I'm like part artists and their artist? artists. It's going to be faster for us to communicate than me talking to you so you can talk to uh, our, uh, you know, uh, communication person so they can talk with their communication person. Like it's, it's it's a long inefficient fucking chain. Let's, can we like short it up? And like, no, 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 no. Um, basically I was saying, okay, there's something wrong with it. And they were saying, no, no, our assets are perfectly fine. And I'm still working on unity. And I think we still have up for it and I get increasingly frustrated and at the end uh, they finally come back and say oh yeah yeah it was our problem, there was problem with exporting from the 3D software. So I implement everything, everything works and my commit is uh, finally got this shit to work because the client's uh, artist doesn't know their fucking job. That was the comment that went in. Uh, At this point I thought that all of the repos that we have are private uh, they were not. <laughs> Clients did have access to them, and the like HR person goes like, "Patrick, uh, we need to talk." <laughs> and she explained the entire situation to me. I'm like, "Oh shit, guys! Like, I take full blame for that. Like, if you if you have to like fire me to save the face, like, do it. I will not hold against you because I fucked up big time." And they were, uh, and they said essentially, "Yeah, no, nah, it's 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 fine." Like. I think they're, they're, they they so know the, that digital
2: equi- the digital equivalent of having a conversation behind someone's back and then walking in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was harsh. yeah. Oh. Oh wow. Okay. So, what about you, Josie?
2: Then have have you uh, have you got a, a story in mind? I know you. Well, you've we've kind one. of
0: all done a bit of a story. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull from one of our viewers' stories, and I am going to go with. Uh, I know what I'll do. I'll just randomly do it because randomization is random. Okay. So this comes from Indisposable who is from the get cracking community Slack. Um, and I just did a big all call saying if you got a weird story, please send it in. And this is what they had to say. Used to have to copy files to and from a production server using RDP, terminal server. Copy, paste via the clipboard. Yeah, I don't know where this is going. If the file transfer paste took a long time, you had to watch the ses- session and move the mouse, hit the shift key, keep it from idle timeouts. Well, one day, I got tired of drop connections, and I grabbed an old pocket watch with a big second hand. I put the optical mouse on top of the watch <laughs> and I had a free once a minute mouse jiggler
2: <laughs> that's a not a bad idea but
1: yeah that's a good one uh, how yeah. amazing is that? That, that that is a good that's one that's pretty,
2: pretty cool yeah
1: I, used, I, used I thought it was to going something... to be a
2: catastrophe story, though. I was expecting a, a... <laughs> yeah, and then well, everything well, blew all up. These stories are catastrophes. <laughs> yes. No, you're yeah, right.
1: c- copy through his clipboard. I was like, oh boy, that's going. That's going well. <laughs> but I, I, I used to do something similar when I was doing botting in in video games. Um, when I was ha- I had set up like bunch of macros which are keyboard ba- based, but to sort of like to um. Uh, you know, to to cheat the system, you still need to add some like random mouse movements, so it wouldn't like detect that you are making a mechanical keystrokes. Uh, and I think I think the way I did that, so I had little toy uh, like a like a RC car. Uh-huh. So um, I I wrapped uh, I wrapped like a paper, like a very strong paper, around the wheels of RC. I put it on the top, and I put the mouse on top of also, so it would like continuously scroll. <laughs>
2: We've all done that in EverQuest, though, haven't we? You know, back in the day when you swam against a wall for hours, you just leave the you know something on the W key to, to get you swimming up.
1: Or rubber band with the app, just well, like rubber band in.
2: Before we really okay. had control pads on PCs back in this the day. This is
1: actually
0: hysterical because it leads into a story I was going to bring in. And this, again, this is one of those personal fuck-ups that I had where I, to this day I am... I still get slightly embarrassed, I may blush ever so slightly while telling this story because of who I am and what I am known for. So, you guys know me as someone who is exceptionally, like, all up in the security parts of the internet and in technology and security software. That's like my, my baby, is security. Well, way back in the day, back when I used to run a Raid Progression Guild in WoW, um, we were running Naxxramas. And while we were running Max Ramus, I was, uh, you know, doing my little thing, laughing at how silly... Because at this point, my guild was just like, yeah, these are lol fights. You know, we're not really worried at this point. So we were making our way through, and I'm laughing about how silly and simple this all is, because I was playing, at the time, a holy priest. So I'm like, yeah, lol, I just press, like, two buttons, and everything's fine. I could probably just macro this. And the... Uh, the guy who we had, who I had as our, our raid lead, said, Nah, don't bother macroing. It won't be a problem. I'm like, Cool. I'm not going to do that. No biggie. So we keep running through, and we get to a point where all of a sudden my character stops, turns around, runs in an opposite direction, starts to stand still, moves in another direction, stands still, moves in yet another direction, stops, jumps, casts a whole bunch of spells, moves in another direction, stops, casts a whole bunch of spells. And I'm listening there going, What the hell? Because my hands were up in the air. I was absolutely freaking out. So of course, again, I turned to my husband and my husband looks over and he goes, that's really weird. And you're not touching anything. I'm like, no, I'm touching nothing. He's like, huh, come to find out. I hadn't known this at the time, but the new mouse that I had purchased had macro recording features in it. (laughs) Oh I had pressed record and then pressed the play button for the macro so the entire raid of my entire guild the people who were there to do the raid and the people who like to listen in while we do these heard me freaking out about the fact that my mouse had been hacked hmm.
2: <laughs> I've uh, I've thought my mouse had been hacked in the past and it's just because the, the mouse moves around on the screen and it only seems to happen with laser mice and it, very occasionally it, I don't know if something gets dirt gets stuck or something and it's all over the place
0: I'm blushing a good god. It's one of those things where it's so simple and so silly, and because my immediate reaction is usually to go like into uh, the the trained mindset of okay, we have an intrusion. This is the things we need to look in. This is
1: Unplugged how we need the to start to
0: <laughs> Yes, I
1: know, and I've <laughs> I,
0: I I haven't been able to live it down, but I can own up to it now. I am I am older, I am wiser, well, and I still screw up, it but that's. You-
2: if it makes you feel any better, the other day when I was editing the um, some audio, um, I turned on automation by accident. I hadn't used the software for such a, while, such a long time. Turned on automation, and I kept playing it back, and the, it was going up and down. The volume was changing. All the EQ was going in and out, and I was just, the hell? And I'd clicked the bloody record the arm button in the, um, in the program we're using so yeah yeah it happens to the best of us
0: <laughs> Rilex 37 says that's a sick idea way to beat battle eye hmm. <laughs> oh man
2: <sighs> so i but think okay. i think maybe back to pat then have you got a another story you've uh you got to tell or yeah. you've that's
1: uh, that's going to be the last one for me, but it's also quite entertaining. So, the story is called The Curious Case of 43 Cases. and uh, 43 cases? Yes. Um, so, at the same company that I uh, made the Faithful Commit, uh, I've got another project when I had to... I, I took over maintenance of uh, a game that they developed before. And I, I said, okay, Patrick, we, we need you to add some... Uh, Some tutorial messages in the middle of tutorial. We want to like explain something better to players. I cool, easy. I mean, dude, adding checkboxes like text boxes. How hard can it be? I'm looking at the code, and the entire tutorial is 43 cases. When whenever you click a button or like the associated tutorial messages, it just increases the increment of the thing. Yes. And it's it doesn't only display messages; it does all kinds of stuff like opens windows, pops up, like changes flags and stuff like that. So there is no feasible way to put things in the middle. Like there is, there's just no like either. I'm going to have to move all of the cases down and then pray to the god because that integer that they we're iterating through was also used for other stuff by yeah, the way. That,
2: that's, oh. Yeah, that's, that's um, I see that all. that kind of thing all the time. It's,
1: yeah. So the first thing I had to figure out is like which case fires when. So obviously the standard development practice of debug debug log kurwa, uh, uh, which is uh, fuck, but in Polish. In every single case, it was just like curva and the numerical of the case. So when you would play in editor, you the game would ju- just constantly screaming at you kurvas uh, with numbers. But that was very helpful to track down where the everything is. Now. How did I fix that? Because I'm like, dude, I, I don't have much time for that. like, I, it's, uh, I don't want to refactor really this monster. So, what I did <laughs> in the points when I had to put them in, let's say there was like a case two and I had to add there, I add case 24. I manually switched the number to like 34. And then in that case, I switched it to three afterwards. <laughs> and that was like some, some of that. So, it became even worse to maintain. And here is the kicker. I've met for a a uh, few years back with the guys, and they say, yeah, by the way, your code that's, like, screaming at people, it's still in the in production.
2: <laughs> oh, you make me very sad. Very sad, <laughs> indeed.
1: I think that's just, like, the that's the realities of fresh development. <laughs> that
2: kind of leads onto uh, one of mine, actually. I've um, uh, worked for a company a while back, uh, all very old developers there, uh, in the 50s, waiting to retire, basically, you know, they, they don't care anymore, they don't really want to learn new technologies, and they're just kind of happy to do things the way, they've always done things, this, um, the practice there was, every time they had a new client, they copied and pasted a VB6 app, and it was a fairly complicated VB6 app, with something very similar to what you just described, massive God methods in it, and I mean, do it, you know, that was the, the name of the function, and, uh, just just indented if statements forever it just so unmaintainable and copied and pasted everywhere some new legislation came in new things that needed to be implemented 250 programs had to be updated with this this new legislation legislative code Um, Uh in specific one time I uh, needed to modify some of this code I I usually refuse to do it, but in this particular instance it was relevant so I I, I went for it and uh, I essentially pulled out a, loads of duplicate code put it into a function and kind of refactored it so it was a lot less code I mean it was still massive but it was a lot less a while loop I put in there it was a, it was in VB as well I think it was in VB Um within a while loop I think I put while function name and the function returned true or false you know and then I did a lot of complex mm-hmm. logic in this in this function not something I would normally do but it was appropriate at the time and I, I did this, changed it, handed it over to the to the old guy again. And he just looked at it and went, well, it's not going to work, is it? And I said, well, yes, it does. I've tested it. There's tests there as well. I've written tests for it. And he's like, what have you written tests for? I don't, do not understand test anymore Anyway, you can see the pattern here, constant pushback from it. Yeah. <clears throat> a week later, there was a bug with the code. And I said that I definitely catered for that in my, when I, when I did it, I've even written a test that tests specifically for that. Looked back at it. The tests had been commented out. The code that I'd written had been removed and basically copied and pasted back into the places that it was. And nothing had changed. It was exactly the same code because he didn't understand the concept of this <laughs> one. Oh. I, I, okay, you, you have to what? give up that, after that a certain time.
0: automatically point. gets two ears <clears> up. I am...
2: I, I just <laughs> don't know where to... I don't know where to start with people like that sometimes, you know, but...
0: Well, hello, you suffering, I enjoy. (laughs) Considering the fact that this is all about weird stories of suffering for development. You're like the (laughs) RTFM Definitely welcome. Okay, uh, so, more stories, and this time I'm going to pull again from our viewers and listeners and things, and I am going to tell the story of egos beware. One of the things we try to stress here on this podcast, regardless, is don't really have an ego when it comes to development. There's nothing wrong with confidence, but ego will get you screwed over. So this comes from Dr. Owl, who... Massive hearts for sharing this. I am going to be obfuscating bits and pieces of this to protect the guilty parties in question. Mm. So bear with me as I do this. So, this particular individual was working with two people a senior engineer and a tech lead, and they had done an early morning deploy of a site or of code to a site that they had supported. A short while after making this change live, the site went down. Off they went, laboring away to try to find out what went wrong. As they sat in the other side of the desk, I could hear things like, Oh, is this it? No, 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 it's not that. It's not that. Oh, might it be? No, nope, that's not it. And this went on for a while. And I asked, should I help? No, says this tech lead. Leave this to the senior people. Well, this particular individual knew very well this particular bit of code and stuff because they built 80% of the platform. So it's not like they're new or anything. So they decide, you know what? I'm going to have a look anyway. About 10 minutes into looking, he found a misconfiguration in one of the files in the backend apps that was used. So he goes, hey guys, Um, if you had a look at this particular file, the response he gets back is, shut up, we're busy trying to fix this major issue. Some more time passes. Lunch shows up. He goes, can I go to lunch? They casually ignore him, and he goes, all right, cool, I'm off to lunch. When he comes back, they're still having a problem. It is still persisting. They are now louder and even more confused than they were before. He gets a call from the customer going, well, what? what's happening? And then he takes the time to reassure them. We, in quotes here, here funny ear quotes, we are working on the issue. And then the tech lead turns around and is all, why are you talking to the customer? I'm the tech lead, I should be doing all of this. Even more time passes and he says, fuck it. So he goes off into the, configure, into the config file, makes the changes, Restarts the app. Boom. Everything works. At which point in time, on the other side of the desk, there are calls of, it just started working, but we Hmm. haven't changed anything in 30 minutes. What the fuck's going on? And he chimes in and says, well, do you remember that config file issue I was trying to tell you about hours ago? I just went in and fixed it. To which point he gets the glare of doom. Funny air quote, and is ranted at for messing about while
1: they were investigating the problem.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah,
1: uh... I, I, eagles are the death of companies. I swear to fucking god. Like, I've I've reconnected recently with some friends that I haven't been talking for a while, and I have, I've had like heaps of of stories like that. And at at certain point, it's like, okay, there is not enough alcohol and other stuff in this house for me to keep on going because this is actively enraging mm. and like that stuff like that just boils my boy uh, my blood it's uh. i
2: do i do hope that throughout my career i haven't frustrated somebody as much as some people have frustrated me you know i like to think that i'm helpful when i when, when well most of the time I, don't, I can't think of instances where i've been awkward apart from maybe hating some jobs and being a bit of an idiot towards the end of them you know mm. but many years ago of course
1: yeah, this yeah, is but like thing. outright dismissal of someone who wants to help. I'm like, I ah, uh, why would you even do that?
0: That that's just it. I, I this is one of those things where you know if they're and this is something I have noticed. You know, from where my husband works, from when I have to deal with an incident that shows up where what I and what I do, etc. It's an all hands on deck. Mm. You drop your ego because if you have an ego, you're going to interfere with your SLAs or service level agreements that you might have with your client, your customer, what have you. If you spend your time like that, you're wasting time. Take a moment and go, all right, stop and think. Cause again, it could be that macroed mouse issue that I had before, you know, take it back, go simple. And then if someone has an idea, don't rule it out. Hmm. Just don't yeah. I mean unless obviously it's something along the lines of well I bet it's because of solar flares hmm. at which point in time yeah. well again depending upon what kind of technology you're working on hey. that could actually have an impact hey, you
1: good. guys yai so the ISS. <laughs> like, well, you if, guys. <laughs> <laughs> know that bugs are because there were bugs in old systems that were like <laughs> actual bugs have you checked the servers for cockroaches?
2: Instead of an American teen girl, you sound like a, a like an alien, crazy alien old
1: person. We've had a couple of already, so you've made him a crazy alien
0: old person. Get off my solar system!
1: <laughs> oh, my oh my god! god.
0: <laughs> like, like how kind of for reals? <laughs> Oh my gosh! I can't believe I just did that. That just makes me feel so dirty. <laughs> I'll need another shower after this. So I got and another gonna... story for us, Chris.
2: Uh, I've got a few short ones. Um, okay. I've had a few instances. There was one client a, a while ago, and I wasn't directly involved in it, but I was there when the event happened. Um, and I've, I've called this one "Testing a Tester's Patience." Didn't really couldn't come up with anything more clever than that, but. Um, this guy, he'd just come into this um, this really high pressure project, and he was a, a good guy. He knew what he was doing when it came to uh, testing. He was a quality assurance guy. Again, that was another place um, we said on previous shows where I really appreciated the support guys, the testing guys, the QA guys, the project management. It was brilliant having a good team there. You know, I can't describe how much easier that makes a developer's job if they're not having to do everything. You know, because um, mm. of smaller companies, you do tend to. But anyway, this guy came in he um he got uh he got uh, really heavily involved in all these new these testing processes and then something happened and one day he just snapped absolutely snapped started shouting in the office oh I didn't mention that he he was black as well he started shouting in the office and he and he was saying everybody was racist against him and he was he punched the test lead guy and I swear to god there was there was not there was no nothing like that don't know where it came from and he was it was a contractor so i mean he was dropped immediately he would have been if he was an employee to be fair but it was just it just out of the blue and i you know you've sat there with your headphones on listening to music and then this thing kicks off a couple of foot behind you someone gets punched and he It's like what i've i've never seen violence in an office uh, other than that um (laughs) personally anyway what
0: happened was, did you ever figure out what triggered this? No,
2: it was completely random. I mean, we spoke to the people. I mean, obviously, I didn't get heavily involved because HR did. You know, it was fairly serious right. accusations. Right. But it was just... that There was a few times that when I spoke to him personally that he did seem to have a bee in his bonnet about about race in general, which I understand, you know. I, yeah. I, everyone's different and everyone has different experiences of life. But he was he was... Whatever was going on, I think maybe he wasn't giving, getting given the work that he expected, and he thought it was because of this. I really don't think it was. A real, personally here
1: is like the interesting thing about like all the um, you know issue, issues of like racism and sexism and so on, and mostly about like people who claim that are constant victims of racism, sexism, and so on. So I grew up in a country where I stood out racially. Because I was white with blonde hair and white eyes uh, and uh, bright blue eyes, and everyone and everyone else was brown skin, black hair, and brown eyes, and I was sticking out, and I was the tallest in uh, in school, so I was sticking out like a sore thumb. Mm -hmm. And there were and there were certain instances where. Um, it was basically because because I'm standing out because I'm the I'm the foreigner kid. Uh, it's it's gonna happen, right? So, but I never would say that in general, like people in the country were racist or anything. If anything, they would always made me very feel feel very welcome. I mean, let's be clear, uh, it I, happens, I, I, but yeah, it does know. happen uh, absolutely. As I said, like it did happen to me a few times. But the thing is that the minute you start claiming that it's like uh, that it's racist or sexism. You set yourself up for a failure because even if your complaints are valid, which they may be, and then when you bring, then you bring it to a HR and you try to deal with it. But if you try to make it, I will make it into a card of public opinion sort of deal. Then when you always lose, because people, because people have this adagé in their mind of if every, like if you meet an asshole, then the person is asshole. But yeah. if everyone you meet is an asshole, maybe you are the asshole. Hmm. So, I think that was just the case with your guy. Like,
2: uh, well, I think it probably he was. was. He, he, he seemed okay on the face of it, but he, there was something slightly off uh, off with him. Maybe it
1: was just like kid had a chip on his shoulder. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah.
2: Uh, but, you know, it was many years ago that, and it's just a crazy incident in an office. I've never seen that kind of. It. I've seen people lose it, you know, go a little bit. Out of a the head, A Fucking
1: of person, Jesus fucking Christ! That's, I mean, even... know, I, have, I
0: have never, in any of the environments oh. that I've been in, um, seen that kind of a violence thing break out. That tends to only happen, like, if I'm out on the town or something. So.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that is harsh. Yeah.
1: Jesus. I mean, yeah,
0: I, I've, I, I said, I've
2: got a few other short ones we can we can run through. Um, I was working in uh, Manchester. Uh, good few years back now and I was working for a well-known um, trading company again I say more than that it tells you who they are but anyway um, I was working for a well-known trading company and they at um, uh, lunchtime I went out one day to get lunch I was looking at my phone um, and I happened to be working on it was in Salford and it's right near the famous opera house on in Salford I can't remember the name of it now but um, I was walking straight past that on the opposite side of the road to the um, the opera house and I kind of bumped into this guy. I was looking at my phone and he kind of came out and and hit me and uh, I looked up and it was Deck from Ant & Deck. I'd just bumped into Ant and & Deck and the... I
1: have no idea
0: who this is. Okay, sh- these are should've... B-list celebrities yeah. here in the United Kingdom. They're presenters. What if they? One of them's
2: a drunk. Well, yeah, but they're, they're they're very well known on national television. Anyway, put it that way. But uh, anyway, I bumped into one of them, um, and the the security guards. I mean, there should have been more on the ball, but they swarmed around me immediately and pushed me off, you know, to get out the way. But I got a smile from Deck at least, and anyway. <laughs> you know, I just walked into the someone famous randomly.
1: But you said they didn't really do well. Good job as security guards. If you could no, just it... like literally walk up and bump into a guy. Exactly.
2: Gonna... I mean, it was just. I think they were doing a promo shot, and there was a lot of crowd around them at the front. But the way that I was, I was. They were, they were near the curb, and I was kind of going around the outside of the curb because of this big crowd. Didn't realize what was going on and bumped into them as the cameras were facing me. So if they were recording, I, I don't think they were. They'd have caught me. You know, if the. But yeah, it was So
1: so you're saying you're a celebrity I didn't Oh, I've been
2: that. on telly, mate. I've
1: been on telly. Oh man, Can't I won't Okay. <laughs> before we go off into the, into the world of rich
0: fame and excess, let's come back down to earth to yes. more dev stories. <laughs> so, I've got a couple for you that a couple are going to be slightly linked together and then I have what I personally consider to be the biggest what the fuck I think I have ever read so we're going to start with a very short one from me about hashes so back in the day i got brought on to help out with somebody's website right excellent i come in to check the code to see how things are going because i happen to have discovered that the site had been compromised so i wanted to see obviously how, where, and why. And the very first place that I started was looking at how they do the user registration process and all the things that go with it. And I discovered in this how passwords were handled. Now, I don't know if you know much about PHP, um, but this was an online website long time ago, and it was done through PHP. And what they did is when someone set up a user account, they would type in their password, the password was pulled into the function, which then immediately hashed it into md5, which was, it's still somewhat used today, but it's it's one of those things where we're you're told, try to avoid md5 if you can. But anyway, this was back when md5 was the bomb diggity. So it, it immediately hashed whatever they put in directly into md5, and then it trimmed white space. Hashes mm-hmm. don't have white space, <laughs> but it trimmed the white spaces. And then, for even more fun, they took it, took the string, and uppercased the very first sub sub the very first character of the hash, and then they stored it. Now, when they sent uh, password reminders to people, they sent it in plain text. The inside of me just feels like my stomach has now hit, like, the bottom, so I feel really, really, really sick. They sent the passwords in plain text to people. So even though they were hashing, they were still storing plain text passwords. And people would sit there and go, well, I go to log in, but it doesn't it doesn't work. And it's because when they sent the emails, they also included white spaces and things to the side. And a lot of people will just select the line where the password's written, copy it, and paste. And there were so many issues with it. And I'm just sitting there going, no.
2: Can I can I have a quick RTFM related yeah, to this?
0: Okay, for those who, who are new to our show, RTFM stands for, obviously, read the fucking manual. But what it is for us, it's a chance to sort of rant about some of the things that we have experienced or the things that are going on in the world of dev and tech.
2: So my RTFM directly re- related from to that is um, password maximum length rules. Hey,
1: them.
2: Don't mind minimum length. Don't mind... You must have a symbol. Don't mind. You must have a, a number, all that kind of stuff. That's fine. But maximum length rules on passwords can get fucked. Stop implementing it. Sorry, I don't swear very you know, often on the no, no, show. No, you no, know no.
0: I'm going to jump right on that, and I'm going to go even further. Don't have an eight-character limit on a bloody government website for logging in for a password.
1: Ow, wow.
0: I went to make an account for something in the government sector that is very important and I was told that my password had to be a maximum of eight characters long, uppercase and lowercase. No hacking characters such as asterisks, curly braces. Did
2: it use that, hacking characters, as a term?
0: There Well, oh. one site that I, I – I, I threw it up on Twitter a long time ago, but one site actually said no hacking characters and, and pointed things like exclamation points, quotes, yeah. and percent signs and things like that. And I, I – oh, I'm no, sorry, so. just the brute force mechanic to gain access to these accounts – it terrifies me, and it's a bloody government website. Come on, people! Oh, Josie,
1: I have, do I have a treat for you? Oh, no. So, <sighs> there is, um, there is uh, one bank in Cyprus, which I will not name, and they have literally um, six character limit for passwords. And their login, they give you, they give you login privately, so you cannot select your login. But the thing is that the website auto-remembers your login and login is longer than your password. So in theory, your login is more secure than your password, but they're storing it. (laughs) And six passwords for a bank, for a major bank. Actually, screw it, it's Bank of Cyprus, the national bank (laughs) that most people use six yeah. fucking characters for password. No, yeah, this, fuck this it. kind of Dude, stuff. If people are going to lose their entire savings because the the national fucking bank of entire country is so fucking retarded, then go for it. Because here's the kicker. They don't even tell you that. When you make a password, you can put whatever they you want. They just trim it to six characters. Okay,
0: you can't see this for those of you who are listening to us in the future, but I think God. Chris almost fell out of his chair and his just, arms were waving about like the wacky, wavy, inflatable, arm-flailing tube man. If someone and on lo- all honesty... You,
2: honestly, look, I, right, I don't even know what to say to these people because I, I worked on a project once. It was actually um, a, a good while ago and the BAs had put a, pro, a, a document together describing how the password and security requirements should work. And I'm like, one, oh, you're not a security expert um i mean i know i'm not but i've worked on a lot more security systems than you have listen to me when i'm telling you you don't need this password maximum length limit these kind of things this up there's there's so there's so many um restrictions on the password it was almost impossible for people who didn't have a password safe to remember what their password needed to be as well it needs to you need to give the users the facility to do what they want with the password to an Mm. extent yes a minimum length absolutely minimum length because we've you know, because um, of People hashing and, and rainbow table attacks, things like that.
0: Well, see, that's just it. Nine times out of ten in today's day and age, when you're storing passwords anyway, you're not storing a password. You're throwing an assault, maybe a bit of a pepper, and mm-hmm. you're getting a hash, and you're storing hashes. You're not actually plain text. You better not be plain text. Uh, well. <laughs> password Um only, only
2: two weeks ago, I told you the story about that it, database hey. I logged into with blank passwords, and the one password, which is the system admin password, was plain text and the essay password I'm was so blank. trying so
0: hard to calm down, and you're <laughs> me off again. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to tell another story. Yes. Happily, by the way, welcome and thank you for joining us. Tell Tepe. Tule Tepe, I'll get your name. Oh, and my husband is now happily playing with my bunny ears on stream live. Uh, who is knew? That, is that a we euphemism? are a Mr. Raven show. So there you go. But I have a story from him that I am going to tell. So, this is from the Glorious Man, telling us the story of Vanishing Lights. So, I have made mention several times that I have a friend of mine who works on boats, and I mean big boats, and does some of the programming for the boats and things. It's kind of obvious who this is, but... uh, (laughs) the, The way he tells the story is, I had this boat. A big boat. And in the boat, there was a corridor. A long corridor. Almost at the end, there was a passage going left. All the lights in said corridor were connected together on the same power supply. However, on the longest part of the corridor, the lights started turning dimmer. And slowly, but steadily, they got darker and darker until it was barely moonlight levels of light.
1: Barely. Okay.
0: So the little side passage was fully lit up. So naturally, they started testing the system, trying to figure out what was wrong. Measured the vault, amp drain, tried replacing some light bulbs, and even some of the lamps themselves. Nothing, nothing fixed this issue. Slowly, the lights on the long stretch dimmed even more. Nothing wrong could be found. Power was okay. Lamps functioned normally when tested outside of the boat. Was getting nowhere until one day, he removed one of the ceiling plates and stuck his head up there. Was hit by a very, very frigid blast of cold air. This is a spooky story, can you tell? Mm. Now, it was really cold air. This was was in January. It had been minus 10 to minus 20 Celsius outside... So, what in the end turned out to be the culprit was leaking ventilation systems for the galley, the kitchen area, and it chilled all of the lamps until they could only produce moonlight. Because they probably could not transfer electricity because they were just too cold. (laughs) I don't know how electricity
2: works, so I wouldn't know if Dow temperatures affect these things.
0: All I'm going to say is, the thing is, it's the kind of thing yeah, where if I was in this situation, I'd be sitting there going, should we call an exorcist? <laughs>
1: Spike, it doesn't affect, I don't think it affects electricity, it affects the bulbs, because... I was going to you know, say, would it bulbs. not be yes. yeah, the, the, but by, the by gas of inside all the, the bulbs. time They have to warm up, right?
0: Well, he says, power-saving lamps do not work in cold environments, he informs us, chat. Really. Right. So, but yeah.
2: So we we're, we're experts at tech, we're not experts at uh, electricity. I've got electricians. Well, electricity <laughs> is
1: partially tech too. It's one of those things. Wow. <laughs> okay. It's so, very analog, wow. Oh, I've got it three more stories. Exist a computer screen. I've got three more quick
0: stories for you. We're going to go with one called The Tales of Proprietary csv or comma separated values this comes from daniel who is a total stranger who i have encountered in the get Kraken slack community says um it was using a business critical system which is part of messages between server and client and they don't touch this system even though it's circa something like 10 years in production or so but inside of this fantastic proprietary comma-separated value kind of storage system is a line of code, or two lines of code. And I am going to, for fun and profit, I'm going to put this into chat. And we're going to take a moment and view this. So what we have, for those of you who are not able to watch us, are the following two lines. Now, keep in mind this comma-separated value system used everything except for commas for separators. <laughs> so what you see here is public static final string, external underscore information underscore delimiter equals pipe.
2: Oh, is then, that an I? Is, is, nope. is that official,
0: is that official mm, nope. name, okay, okay. naming of character? And then the other one is public static final string category underscore values underscore delimiter equals pipe but with a broken line and a broken bar.
2: Uh, I can't remember what the name of that is, but that's the under escape, isn't it, that one?
0: And I've got one step even better for you. I present to you the Wikipedia article on the fact that the solid vertical bar, or the pipe, was meant to be the exact same thing, but the broken bar was brought about due to printers and things, and thus it actually had to be brought into Unicode and ANSI and all that other stuff that goes with it. But, what? Why?
2: Information don't I? category values to oh. limit. <laughs> it's just
0: depend-
2: how, why would it, you have know. something
0: that's like a comma-separated value part of a messaging system where you don't even use commas in any do, way? Do you know how hard
2: separated? it is to program a CSV system, an accurate CSV system? It's actually a lot more in- intricate than you'd expect. Because you, I have oh, not
0: done one, so, so we'll have to explore it yeah, at some yeah. point.
2: You, uh, you well, you you have to basically cater for any type of data. So how do you cater for a comma within a within a string that's comma separated?
0: I'd have to put some thought into that.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh that's, the, wow. that's one of the main issues, but
0: Rilex was just working on a dollar sign CSV equals string get CSV row. It's tab separated. Talupi has worked with CSVs in PICS or PLCs, PLC's. not PICs, in PLCs. <laughs> Not fun. Oh, I could even begin to imagine. We'll have to put some thought to it because I've done some things in the past based on that because of how you have to handle text when it's pulled into certain apps, etc And like right off the top of my head, I can't remember mm. what I did for that. But
2: um there's a lot of different ways to do it. But yeah, mm, it depends on the application.
0: It depends on the, all, a whole bunch of factors. But yeah. And then the one before what I believe to be the doozy, but this one is awesome. It's known as. <clears throat> Never give PR a cloud platform. So PR stands for basically sales and public relations, right? So this one comes from somebody who is to remain anonymous, but you know you're watching, so you should know that I'm talking about you. So what we have is a company that is heavily invested in their cloud platform. We are going to call this cloud platform A, okay? So cloud platform A is something that this company is heavily invested into. They went on a very hard promotion to everybody. Sales, customers, everyone. Come, the future is cloud A. You want to use cloud A. And they got a major customer to sign. A multi-million pound deal. Okay? So they started to do proof of concepts. And unfortunately, the platform was very unpleasant to work on. The engineers weren't happy. The project managers weren't happy. The proof of concept goes online. The customer, the multimillion pound customer was um, less than pleased
1: mm-hmm. is
0: the best way to put it. So obviously they want off it. So the company that was promoting cloud A is the future did a phenomenal pivot from A to a new product called cloud B just tearing up anything and everything that has to do with cloud A. They pretend it doesn't even exist. And now they're off promoting, the future is cloud B. The big customer pretty much turned around and said, yeah, we're not paying. Massive losses of money occurred and as to what actually happened and why it went wrong, they don't really know. It's, it's almost like you shouldn't let sales Sell a product that doesn't exist yet. I'm just saying.
2: Oh, oh. well, that's that's our life, isn't it? As a, a enterprise <laughs> developer, you you're you're working on thing on promises most of the time. Oh. It depends again on the company, but
0: yes, yes, it does indeed. Oh. And then finally, this to me is la creme de la creme. This comes from a dev I know who goes by the name of Tank Fox. Now, this is the story of the mysterious 12 megabyte patch hopefully hopefully you'll find this as
1: what the fuck as I did right, let's, let's put the proper mood on this
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that please don't do that
0: Gary for those of you not able to see he's put a light underneath his chin and it's basically made his nose even more pronounced and his shiny head even more shiny you looked a little bit like um, FX Twin
2: window liquor um, album Cover.
0: Okay. So, <laughs> it says one time I shipped a 12 megabyte patch through a pure text connection using convert to base 64 and cutting and pasting the whole goddamn thing.
2: Okay. Uh...
1: The
0: only access to the server was via logging in to a VM at the customer side that was locked down to only running PuTTY and only allowed to connect to the server. No direct SSH was allowed at all. To quote them, it was a hospital and they were batshit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that actually
2: is, is quite on. intuitive.
0: There, there's more. Now... We provided ISO images of a virtual machine to run in customers' VMs that did secure data transfer, basically SFTP with Cron, but all HIPAA approved because HIPAA is the regulations behind protecting patient data in the United States for those who are unaware. Like HL7 in the UK. It's it's healthcare shit, basically, yeah. So... To quote him, our engineer made a patch to update the OS a bit and deliver the next version of the software, and I had rolled it out to almost all of our customers at that point, mostly via script. And I was down to the last couple boxes that, like this one, the customer refused to let us access. Most of it involved a key fob and a port being opened or else, but these guys were a tough nut. So I was like, okay, you want to play that way? We play that way. Both ends had pearl." Perl can do base64 conversion. So, I sat there, pasted the patch into ASCII through a remote desktop connection and into a putty session, joined it all up, ran a reverse in Perl on the far side to turn it back into a binary, and by God, it worked.
2: Right, so this client Whoa. had so- everything locked down, but you could still copy and paste via RDP. That's, ridic- <laughs> that's, that's yeah. ridiculous. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that that but i know that the, the actual method of doing that's really good though i like that
0: it's an absolute yeah, that, genius thing thanks when he told me this my jaw hit the floor well, and i was just like
2: these are the what? i mean base 64 and trans transferring binaries you know and, and converting stuff. it's something you do as a rest developer all the time it's the it's a basic mm-hmm. thing but it's it's really interesting a way to get Binary data over that connection converted. I like that. I really That's like that. I might never. even use that in the future.
1: Fuck yeah.
0: I, I Isn't think that is. Yes. Yeah. I, I was yeah. just like, that is absolutely ingenious. But of course, you know, like you said, the whole being able to copy paste thing, but actually having to go that far just to deploy a 12 megabyte patch. And I'm just like, wow. So I, My, uh, I, I was absolutely uh, enthralled by that. I was just like, what?
2: I uh, person is it.
1: just a, a champion of dedication, if anything, like the fucking patron saint of dedicated developers.
0: Yeah. Go there you it. go, Tang Fox. You are officially the patron saint of dedicated developers. You know what his response is probably going to be? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> like but him yes. already. So normally we have an RTFM, but I almost feel like this entire show has been an RTFM. Yeah. However, I'm going to give you an opportunity. We had a go at, you know, people who put restrictions on passwords. Do you guys have anything else you want to pretend potentially just drop off into the RTFM bucket? I,
2: there's something that uh, I have a story related to what you just talked about.
0: Oh, um, go on. We'll run a little bit longer today because these are just too good.
2: So, so the the RTM is actually to do with a remote desktop and clients not giving me access. Um, because I work remotely, most of the time, I, luckily, mm-hmm. I get to work on my own hardware on, in my, you know, via Git and push to, push to a remote repository. So I get to use the power of my own machine. Some clients, very rarely these days, because I push back on it, make me work either via a VM um, on RDP or give me a laptop that's awful very rare that happens one particular client would only give me a vm because they wanted to keep the source code in-house um completely and i can understand it it was nonsense but i can understand why they might want to do that yeah um Mm. everything was locked down absolutely everything apart from copy and paste on rdp so i just cloned if i needed something on my local machine i'd just clone it from the git repositories and copy it you know it was if i needed it I didn't in any instance most of the time, but it's there, you know. They've locked everything down apart from the thing that I'd use all day, every day. And in fact, that's an interesting security point thinking about it. If you're copying and pasting on the VM and remote copy and paste is uh, enabled, you're actually copying, just by virtue of using the virtual machine, you're copying things into memory on your local machine. So if they want to restrict that, that needs to be totally and fully restricted as well, doesn't it?
0: Sort of, it depends, because encryption can be built into whatever sort of, Mm. you know, VM, VM, whatever type of connection you're using, there are ways to actually do it. Um, But Mm. it is still one of those things where it's just like, huh? There's there's a level between being too secure and being basically a stick in the mud and being so um, sure of your security when in fact there is really nothing there to help and protect you. At the end of the day, there's, there's stories behind them. They, ma- yeah. they
2: were making developers' lives difficult just because of policy when they could have changed the policy. that The code that we were working on was written by us, for one, you know, from scratch, and it was delivered to them as code. We didn't have any personal data. We didn't have anything. It was just the source code for, for the little pieces of work we were doing.
0: Actually, that reminds me. Um, there is somebody else from the community in, um, uh, in Get Kraken who made a comment, and I meant to write it down, and it literally has to do with that kind of sharing, of course, because I'm a silly girl, and I miss it. So let me quickly scroll back up and uh, get it, get it, get it. Meow, 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 meow. Yes, so have you ever cloned a repo for something and found... Login credentials already put in. I've
2: also pushed login credentials accidentally to um, to Git myself, mm-hmm. I'm afraid. And I was really nice to find, actually, um, when I was doing the DNI website, I pushed a SendGrid API key by accident. It was the only thing I pushed. Mm-hmm. Normally, it's fine because it's private, p- private repositories and it's not worth the hassle of creating mm-hmm. secrets because no one else has access to it apart from the people who need access to it, etc. But mm-hmm. in this instance, it was public. GitHub sent me an email saying we think you've pasted a SendGrid key. I was really impressed with that, and oh, shit, I had yeah. it was it's it's a third party service, I think, but it's approved by GitHub, and yeah, sent me told me off for it, or yeah. an, an automatic bot told me off for it.
1: That's pretty cool. I like uh, the first the first time I learned about the the fact that people are pushing credentials into into uh, into Git uh, specifically. Uh, what's the name of that? Like the most popular uh, online Git repo thingy, open source, Microsoft recently voted? GitLab? GitHub? GitHub! Yeah, yeah. yeah I just, my mind is dirty. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm not going forget that. The, oh, sorry. For
2: We forget that Patrick isn't involved in Git every day, so it's. No, yeah. see, Patrick
0: is the DevOps of the art world and the game design world, <laughs> so we have to forgive him that he doesn't understand the little I things
1: just, that. Oh, you. fuck off! I just say that for a
2: <laughs> like bookmarks and books.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's um I am releasing a game at the moment and also a demo uh, for other games. So I have doubled the crunch and my brain isn't functioning as it should. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the first time I've even read about people pushing into credentials into GitHub, my first thought will be, "Oh, I wonder how hard would it be to write a crawler bot to trowel through all the repos and It's already done. Edit- yeah, yeah, and then like I, I think that was the actually top. a GitHub. And then I out of saw immediately it. <laughs> immediately the next article after that was oh by the way there are like plenty of bots who do that. I'm like son of a bitch. Why <laughs> am I always late to the party?
2: Story of my so, life.
0: Tilletape says I found that the user slash customer things programming and dev work in general in some dark magic. Virtual, and that whatever is said, the system should be able to do anything. This also applies to salespeople in some cases. Going back to the whole comment about uh, the PR selling something that didn't quite exist and then not understanding perhaps <laughs> why, because they didn't consult I mean, engineers, maybe? Um, I mean, you know. It's not rocket science. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, wait, yes, it is. <laughs>
1: Yay, NASA t-shirt.
0: <laughs> Patrick is yeah. wearing NASA, I'm wearing funny ears that move because, mm.
1: shocky face. Um, yeah. Programming may be not a rocket science, but sometimes it is. <laughs> Patrick, are you familiar with the term Bitbucket? Yes, I am.
0: Why? Okay, just curious. I mean, you didn't know GitHub, so I just wanted to make certain... That I knew
1: GitHub, I just forgot! Come on, like, I described perfectly the service it's all, it's and okay. its okay. It,
2: it only holds most of the world's source code, don't worry about it.
1: I, hope I only just forgot a part pattern. of the name come on you're never gonna let, let, let me leave that through right nope. no it's not nope. going to be a recording joke like hey patrick do you know like x n- obvious thing nope. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes we've reached the end of our show have we not
2: we have yes uh thank you every uh, thank you <laughs> sorry i was <laughs> Stopped I just i'm just gonna go uh, go to bed
1: let <sighs> those who are without sin cast the first stone. Oh, no. so Here you. you are stricken down by your hub- hubris.
2: <laughs> I know, it's my own fault. Thank you very much, for everybody, for watching. Um, and uh, we, I hope you've enjoyed the stories. Hope, I've, I've certainly enjoyed hearing uh, the, the user-submitted stories and uh, ones I haven't heard from Josie and uh, Pat before.
0: Yes. If you have any weird, wonderful, horrifying, crazy dove stories, get in touch with us. You can do so through uh, hashtag DNI or our website. If you go to dnistream.live, you'll find links to our Discord server. We do have one, we have all kinds of random chatter in there. We have a GitHub repo, which we have publicly available if you want to get involved with some of the projects we're working on. And you can also use our stream.live to join us as a live guest come debate with us talk with us challenge our philosophies teach us something we don't know because believe me we know we don't know a lot <laughs> you can also suggest a topic or maybe even share a story through our website's contact form as well
2: and also yep. we we're, we're, sorry i just wanted to quickly mention about the website we've uh, we've just released point three point one. Um, which is just some improvements but I'm actually working on the show list now so we should have our podcasts and our YouTube videos all linked on there very shortly
1: yes because we are yeah, also in and... podcasting <laughs> yeah so in addition to fancy website and fancy podcasting that's not yet the reality but soon will be uh, we have a Twitter where we post all kinds of things all the things really except the things that we don't post because we don't post those. I agree. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think I've ever heard
0: it more succinctly put, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> honest.
2: The we, we were. we're honest on this show. <laughs>
0: Right. So next week, we are going to be joined, and I just realized I didn't mean to close the thingy because it had the important... Ah, here we go. Yes. So next week, we're going to be joined by a guy who I have dubbed Sir McAwesome Sauce, but his name is Bradley McAvoy. McAvoy, there we go, McAvoy James, and we're actually going to be discussing worldwide game design video game theory.
1: And I think it's going this to be is our... a huge topic. And I which means think will be our first academia person, right? Ooh.
0: Yes. The academia side. <laughs> then, uh, after that, the week after that, we're going to be having someone come in and we're going to be discussing the actual dev interview process and how horrifying it is. <laughs> Twins, who you are. <laughs> Twins, how home. you approach it. It depends on who you are, et cetera. But we'll be talking about everything from the tests that you're made to take, which means I'm going to be digging into what's known in the industry as brain rape. Because I I want to discuss... It is such a big topic, and I think it can kind of get pushed under the rug. But that's something we'll get into a couple weeks from now. And then uh, a couple weeks after that, we're going to have Hamid from Axosoft. Axosoft, Let me get the words in here. We'll be talking about what it is to take an idea... For software or a web app or anything like that, and take the idea and actually run with it to a point where it becomes a product that sells and you make money.
1: I just hope that none of the idea people are gonna watch that episode because they're gonna multiply.
0: <laughs> you know, I don't know a single dev who isn't on some kind of side project in some way, shape, or form. I Apparently, did. according to Talupe, Josie.exe needs patching,
1: <laughs> so- <laughs> <I think laughs> and we Remax- all needs patching.
0: Rylex has linked a fantastic imager picture, which I am going to have to go quickly look at, because it's a thing. And the, mention, uh, the statement is, freelancing is no different. Just saw this on reviews. I thought I was funny. Um, how stupid and racist it was. So that is from Hire a Magento developer. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, so that yeah. link will be there in the show notes for you to look at. Talk uh, about crazy. I
2: won't click it because it might accidentally pop up on, uh, on the wrong screen. I
0: mean, it's so. <laughs> fine, but
1: I won't gonna. <laughs> it's, read
0: it's it. It's fine, yeah. but it's... It,
1: uh, I don't want to, like, read it out loud because I just know that someone's going to crop that one out and I'm going to have a hell up um, on my head.
0: Oh, no, no, sorry. I, I, I need to correct myself immediately. It is... Rylex said freelancing is no different. Just saw this on reviews... Um uh I thought it was funny is or something yeah. along those lines. Because he's he's replacing I with is and I said something so it's entirely possible that I've read that wrong and I am very uh, sorry. I'm a horrible community manager for our show, and I'm I'm sorry. I'll I'll take penance in the form of bunny ears. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh,
2: Okay, so are we going to off? Shall we finish we the show then? We are indeed.
0: I, I was just going to lead us there, but yes. This oh, is it's a fond all gone farewell wrong. From, <laughs> it, 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 but that's what happens when we get into stories. It, this is a show that we have going out every single Thursday at 7pm GMT. And we also have it available on YouTube, Twitter, all that other stuff. Check us out. Now, I say bye-bye to the two most awesomest peoples ever. Bye-bye, Chris. Goodbye, Josie. Goodbye, Patrick. Bye bye. Goodbye, Rilex and Taloopy and NDF and Tank Fox and everybody else. We love you. Yep. See
1: Thanks you next week. Here.
0: And happy Thanksgiving bye. to everybody else.